0: Gotcha Six, we got your back. Gotcha you Six, we got your back. I got you Six. Sixers, what an unbelievable treat we have today. Our guest, I just have to kind of get this out of the way first, was someone that I looked to, whether he knew it or not, as a source of inspiration. As I started the Gotcha Six podcast and what this community has become, I owe a large debt of gratitude to our guest today. Rich Cardona, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate you coming on the Gosh For Six podcast, brother.
1: Tony, I'm uh, super flattered, number one, and I'm glad we're getting this done. I, I had to cancel on Tony, everyone, last time, and I felt awful, but thrilled to be here.
0: Absolutely. And, but your message to cancel was the absolute, like, you, you were in the right spot, right? You went to take care of the family, be with the girls. Yep. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Because real quick story, right? We've had people on the podcast that have talked about walking the plank. I know you've been in the Marine Corps. I don't know if you're familiar with the tradition at all or not that's in the Navy, where when you're done and you retire, the formation that you're part of turns their back on you. And they literally do a 180 about face. And you have to turn around. And whoever you're looking at when you walk down the plank is who you're going to walk to. And it, it gets, it's very emotional for me to say, like, there's a lot of people that don't walk into anything. So be able to have like a family there and a tribe there means so much. And, you know, you know this because you were in the Marine Corps and it was really in your forties where you really kind of found yourself and who you are. Yeah. What do you think kind of led you down that from your time in the Marine Corps that kind of like, Hey, we're not doing and going where we want to be going. We need to kind of do a hard reset.
1: So right now I'm 41 and I'll be 42 in a few months. And I will tell you this right now, in this moment, this exact moment, I am more centered than I've ever been, like in my entire life. I'm more fit, I think, than I was in the Marine Corps, which is really hard for people to believe. You know, I'm I'm a better husband than I was a few years ago, better father, better businessman, better podcaster, better everything. And I think what it is, and I've thought about this a lot is when you go into your respective service. It's kind of like culture shock unless you come from a military family like you got the culture shock kind of deal going on. I was the first person who ever served in my family. So I didn't know what the hell was going on and I got there and I'm just like holy shit. And of course, you know, there was those moments where I'm just like this isn't going to work out. Like how the hell am I going to do this? Well, the funny thing is once you adapt And once you, you know, have your tenure and your respective service, whether it's four years, 10 years, or all the way to retirement, like I did, you get out and then it's kind of like culture shock all over again, but in a different way, like everyone gets to do whatever the fuck they want. Like, this is kind of crazy. And then you have this weird perception almost as if you are better than everyone else. And then you start to feel like a victim because some of these people are getting ahead and you're like, I'm far more qualified. I'm far more disciplined. I'm far you know, smarter. Um, I understand teamwork. I understand leadership. And you tell yourself these stories. Well, that culture shock was a real interesting time, man, because it brought me to Amazon after I got my MBA. And let me just say this really quick. I'm not against education or anything like that, but I thought I desperately needed an MBA to be marketable. I absolutely thought that that was a requisite for me to do something. Now, it did get me to Amazon, and I hated Amazon because I didn't have any leaders like I did in the Marine Corps to look up to. Like, I I mean, like, I look at the people I served within the Marine Corps, I'm like, dude, these people are like Mount Rushmore all day of leadership. And I didn't have that. So I was like this ambivalent, drinking, crazy dude who worked his face off, but also didn't care about, you know, how much time he spent with his family and just cared about making sure that I just, you know, soothed myself however I needed to. So, the awakening happened when I was just like, why am I climbing this corporate ladder that I don't even want to climb? Why am I so out of character that I'm completely just disgusted with myself? Like, what is going on? So, dude, it's like I was walking the plank to nobody because I didn't know who I was anymore. I was just like, I got to figure this out. So, I quit my job, you know, started dabbling with some of my curiosities, and and ended up starting a media company, and it's been doing very well. Like We're now in year three. But the reason I needed to do that was because I needed to kind of just cut out everything and just start building fundamentally from the beginning. Now, that might not be a lot of people who's listening, what their experience may be like. But you have to look at one thing. When you serve, you don't really think about yourself as much as you do when you get on the outside because there's not like there's not formation. There's not the CEO. There's not the XO. There's not the squadron. There's not all these people that you have to worry about. At this point, it becomes hard to worry about people who don't necessarily share the same core values. And that is some sort of weird, dramatic funk that you go through. But I needed to start from ground zero, man, because I didn't even feel like I was representing my service well. You know, even though I was hitting numbers and crushing and doing all this good stuff, I was still, I I mean, dude, I was a piece of shit. So I figured it out. And every year since I quit my job, like life has just gifted me more and more, man. Like I'm more after it than ever. Dude, I get up at 401 every day. I don't like getting up on even numbers. So that's why it's 401. I never used to do that ever, ever, ever. And I'm like, why didn't I have this kind of discipline then? And it's because I want to be so exceptional at business. I want to be such a good example to my daughters. I want so much to just be an exceptional human that I don't have a choice. Like, that's when I'm gonna do my deep work. So that way, when the girls get up, I get to hang out with them, bring them to school, get home, and start my work. And I'm already like, dude, at 9 a.m., I'm already five hours into my day. And I'm just like, dude, I'm, I just feel like I'm passing all these people in this race. So, this race, though, Tony, is one that I'm happy to be a part in. When you get out, sometimes you're leading the pack in a race you don't even wanna win. So it's just like, I want people to know that in advance, man. Like, it's okay to just get out and be like, what the fuck is happening right now? And why am I in this job? Because you got to look at it, man. If you go to bed and you say to yourself, there's got to be more than this, then you need to really reevaluate things.
0: And and that's where you got to start over. And one thing that I took away from your story that you just told is the biggest common denominator that wasn't there and that is there now is the value you provide other people. Yeah, You're able to be an exceptional businessman, father, human, because you are showing up hungry and ready for what is coming. So you can turn that into value for other people where you were trying to serve yourself and like numb your way through life. You've completely (laughs) spun it 180 and you're like, it's not about just taking things on, but being proactive about what I'm about to enter in every day and being intentional, which I absolutely love. So,
1: this is great. I'm having a great time already, man. I have this goal where I am going, I'm not, it's, it's not a goal. It's, it's just, I know it's going to happen, but I'm going to make my annual salary at Amazon monthly at some point. And it is so different because you said the word hungry, and I always think about hungry. And all this stuff, and, and a lot of people really, really think they work hard. And I think it's really hard to like kind of judge who works hard and what's not. Like you might think something I do is like a three out of ten, and I might think you something you do is a seven out of ten. And you're like, "Oh, dude, that's nothing." But one thing, this is a great advice I got from a mentor: is like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to? Who are you willing to out sacrifice? Like, dude, I don't have cable. I'm glad my parents moved here in, to Wilmington a year ago because I go to my dad's to watch like the Nets game last night. But dude, I don't have. I don't, dude, I don't do that stuff anymore. You know why? Because basketball and the NFL and all that will live on, man. I got an ESPN app. I could check out some stuff here and there. But like, what are you willing to sacrifice, man? Like, I'm not willing to sacrifice three hours on a Saturday to just fuck off. Like, it's either the kids work or working out. So like, the reason you have to ask yourself this question is like, why are you so hungry? Is like, what exactly is the end goal? And I have this thing, if your listeners can't see it, but there's a thing behind me, a little kind of poster that says, one life. And I take it really seriously, man. Like, dude, we all served. Most of us served. But like, I lost a lot of friends. So I think about them and I'm just like, he doesn't get to come home to say hi to his daughter. He doesn't get to X, Y, Z. So I'm like, if I don't make this count, then what what does that even say about me? So once you figure it out, and it's probably really ugly until you figure it out, it's just like, you feel unstoppable. And that's when everything changes.
0: What was the saying, motto, feeling, thing that kept repeating itself in your head that really just kind of forced you to be like, I got to take this leap because I can't listen to this thing anymore.
1: It's like a double-edged sword. And it's what if on both sides, you will hypothesize or do hypotheticals all day long. Like what if I quit and then it looks bad on my LinkedIn freaking profile Or what if I can't get hired? Or what if I don't make any money? Or what if no one buys what I have to sell? Or what if I find out that I actually hate photography or videography or whatever? Or what if my network actually doesn't support me? What if I have to move in with my in-laws, which I did, and I didn't care? And I mean, that was like a blessing in disguise. And then the other side is, but what if I don't have to spend 16 hours in a fucking warehouse all day, working a night shift, being treated as a number, trying to get to be this, like, general manager of a facility in BFE USA. Like, what if I don't have to do that? What if this whole time I've been telling myself that that's the story that I my whole time spent in the Marine Corps was so I could get out and work for someone else who I probably don't respect as much, who probably doesn't have a culture as deep as ours, who probably doesn't have a history like ours. And that dude was enough. It was, like, just enough to be like let's do this. And it is scary, but it is also invigorating, exhilarating. And it's just kind of, I think it really turns the tide because here's, here's what I'll tell you. I started to define myself as I was just like, I'm now unemployable. Once I was in the game for like a year and I was like doing decent and I started seeing things happening and started learning how to sell better, market better, make better content. I was like, dude, I'm unemployable. Like, I don't think I can work with anyone. I don't even know if I could have a business partner. I mean, all the entrepreneurs I've interviewed, they're like, dude, at some point, someone's going to be like, I'm working harder than you type deal or who knows what. So, you know, once you go through your your questions and all your what if scenarios, which I suggest you could write those down and, and really, really deeply think about them and look at them. I think you might arrive at a conclusion. One of those is you want to be an executor. You're happy being someone who can help a company thrive. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I want to build my own thing. I want my daughters to see it. I want my family to see it. I want to take my family to Italy and pay for everyone's expenses and just enjoy a vacation one summer. I want to take my girls to the Olympics and all that, man. In order to do that for someone else, you know, in order to get there doing it for someone else, I'll probably have to sell a lot of my soul in order to do it. And I'm not willing to do that.
0: Who kind of instilled this into you and be like, I either want to be like this person inspired inspire to do great for them, or I never want to be like that other person over there. And th- I'm going to live every day to try to not get down that road.
1: Gary Vaynerchuk was the first person ever who kind of like landed on my radar. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I was intrigued because he was super, super raw. And I never, ever saw anyone like that. So then once you kind of like follow him, you start following other people. And dude, I wasn't on the Instagram or any of that stuff really, but he had this one rant where he's like, it's enough. He would say, he's like, it doesn't matter what they think. He's like, you know, who cares what your family thinks because they didn't get theirs. And then I started, you know, podcasts and leadership locker started going well. And I was able to get some big names on them. And dude, let me just tell you, all you podcasters out there, (laughs) like podcasting is not only fun for the podcast hosts, but like, it's good for the guests, but At the end, it's like learning. And I would purposely get in front of these crazy billionaire, millionaire entrepreneurs because I knew there was something I could take away. And here's what I could tell you is a common theme that answers your question. Everyone came from nothing. And I don't mean like necessarily they were like homeless or broke, but it was just kind of a moderate to very small family lifestyle where everyone just said, all you got is your family. And for some reason, people were afraid of making money. And for some reason, people just kind of meandering through life. And although I learned so much from my parents about hard work and all that other stuff, dude, they never taught me anything about money. And you know why? And I'm not dissing my parents right now, but they didn't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just didn't get it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get it because the more I learn about everything, I'm going to change my family dynamics, just like these other people are saying. You know, and here's a funny thing: Andy Frisella, I interviewed him last year. He's a CEO of this company called First Form. And he also has real AF podcast. It was it used to be MF CEO. So amazing, amazing, amazing guy. He goes, right now, dude, he goes, I could just go get on a yacht and sit off the coast of Greece for a year if I wanted to. He goes, but I would rather be here. And it just like becomes this thing where like the fuel doesn't run out, man. It's like, it's like your phone is just charged all the time. And I think it's just because, and he, he talks about all these stories, how he came from nothing, how he slept on a mattress in the back of a supplement store for years, how it took 10 years. These people believe, man, like they actually have conviction that they could actually flip what they know to be true about their dynamics. And I'm like, dude, I already kind of did that when I went in the Marine Corps because no one served Dude, I have cousins in the Marine Corps right now, like cousins that are bad as hell. And I'm like, damn, that never would have happened necessarily if I hadn't done that. And I just did it because I was like, my parents can't even afford to send me to college. And I was probably just going to smoke weed all the time. So like, I might as well do something. So how important is it to change your family dynamic? How important is it to you to question what you think is true? That's like the real soul searching shit that no one wants to do. Like... I refuse, refuse, and I hope your listeners do too, refuse to just be like, this is how it is. Like, you can truly create and manifest your reality. And let me just say one thing on this, and then I'll let kick it back to you. But I also, from all these people, with the exception of a couple, they talked about visualization and manifestation a lot. And I used to think that was all bullshit. And one of them said to me, he goes, if Michael Jordan does it, if Tiger Woods does it, if Derek Jeter does it, if Jerry Rice does it, there's probably something I should look into that. And dude, I'm like, right now, I told you I'm perfectly centered. I'm manifesting things like crazy, man. Like I cannot even tell you some of the opportunities that are coming my way. And quietly, man. Like I, I, quietly, really quietly. I'm not, I'm not sharing anything. I'm, I'm in heads down mode right now. But challenge what you think to be true Because whatever you think, like the limit is, whatever you think the threshold of your efforts or of what you can learn or what you can do or how much you can, you know, make or any of those things, dude, it's all a glass ceiling. It's all a glass ceiling that you could break.
0: I love how you talk about questioning what you think is true, right? Because you're not in the convincing business. You're in the conviction business. So my follow on question is, where are you challenging yourself right now to continue to question what you see and where you're at?
1: Oh, man. Well, my co-host on on one of my podcasts called NFTs for Newbies. So I became interested in NFTs because... I mean, I I started buying them. Gary Vee had a collection out. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. My friend Heather and I started a podcast. And we're about to hit a million downloads in about
0: two weeks. Which is an exceptional podcast. If you haven't listened to it, highly, highly, (laughs) highly, highly recommend.
1: I appreciate it, man. So we're about to hit a milli in about eight. uh, And we will have done it in about eight months. But dude, just before this podcast, I was having a conversation with a friend who was at this inner circle kind of deal with some very big names that I know. And uh, I was talking to him and I was like, I don't even know if I should be doing that anymore. Dude, we're talking a million. Like, that's like a podcaster's dream. And you know how I'm kind of pushing myself and to answer your question is to be like, does that make me money? Does that bring me closer to my goal? Does that make me more exceptional at business? And the answer is probably no. I did land us some really lucrative sponsorships with that. But here's what I also learned. The NFT world is very volatile. And volatility, you know what also follows volatility? Attention. Okay, like it is so early on in NFTs. Like I can comfortably right now sit here on this show and say, I think I can walk away at a million downloads and be like, that was freaking fun. And some people would be like, are you out of your mind? People like monetize your audience, monetize your audience. I'm like, dude, no, I'm not trying to do that. You know, like what I'm trying to do, and I'm looking at my, I have a, board right next to my desk. Five core principles of business. Okay. There's this, do you know this guy, Alex Hormose? No. You, you got to start following him if you don't.
0: <laughs> we'll also make sure we put Alex Hormozzi in the show notes as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to. His podcast called The Game is just, just unreal. He has a book called hundred million dollar offers. I read it and I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing? So this guy says, if it doesn't make me money, then I'm not doing it. And he doesn't even go to speaking engagements. He, 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 I mean, he gets approached like, we'll pay you $50,000 to come speak to our company, our executives. He goes, no, I make $100,000 a day. This was years ago. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like what's going on here? And I figured out what he's trying to say. And it's the core principles of business, which is lead generation. And then you have lead nurturing. Then you have sales and conversion. And the next one you have is fulfillment And the last one is ascension or retention. So basically, I kind of audited my life and my business. And I'm like, where's all my attention going? I even did like this uh, app called Clockify, where I was like, just logged every minute of the day, like, what was I doing? How much did I spend on social, which is you haven't seen me on social, that's why. And I'm like, my biggest problem is lead generation. Now, don't get me wrong. I have some heavy referrals, but I can't rely on referrals for the rest of my life. I need to know, dude, I need to know in my heart and soul that I can go make it happen. I can attract all my ideal clients and I can serve them. I know we're good on the fulfillment side. I know. We are brilliant in the basics. We are small and agile. We're we're like a little Marine Corps, man. It's perfect. So we got that. Retention is actually pretty fantastic. Sales, good but not exceptional. Okay, lead nurturing, you know, as far as like how are we taking care of our leads, I would say the volume isn't that high, so it's not necessarily a bottleneck, but lead generation is. And you know what? Tony, I've never ever paid for ads. I've never paid to be on Google. I've never paid on LinkedIn or anything like that, sponsored ads, advertising my business. Well, that's about to change. Because I'm like, you know what? If I spend $3,000 a month, and my minimum package is $25,000, and if I spend $3,000 and I get two clients out of it, just two. Like, are you saying you wouldn't pay $3,000 for 50K? A a fucking course you would. So I'm going to figure that part out. And that means removing all distractions. And you know how you do that is addition by subtraction. You gain more by subtracting the things that actually don't contribute directly and explicitly to to your goals, your financial goals. And I told you mine earlier, and that is to get to about 125K in revenue a month. Gross. And I will. And then at some point, it'll be 250, and who knows? But I absolutely believe it. I've never talked like this on a podcast before, dude, but this is like, you just caught me in like the absolute perfect time. So, what's the audit? Is lead gen. And you're asking me a question, and it's like, cool. Like, where does NFTs for newbies stand in all that? Nowhere, nowhere. Like, it's great, dude, but is that what I need to be doing? Like, are you able to have those kind of tough conversations with yourself? And I'll say one last thing. Alex Hormozy taught me this. Anytime you pay someone, a business coach or, or someone, or, or you join a mastermind or whatever, he goes, before you do that, he goes, you have to know something. You have wasted your money if you go through with it and they tell you this, this, and this, and you go, I know I need to be doing that. You know, I know, I know. If you know then you just wasted your money. The real question you need to ask yourself is if you know what you should be doing, why are you not doing it? And I'm just like, dude. <laughs> he goes, "What would you say if you were coaching
0: yourself?" What a question.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, he probably just saved me a ton of money. Because we love to go get answers for our problems from people who are just going to tell us what we already know. And and it's just crazy. So anyway, man, I hope that makes sense, but I am just looking at anything that does not directly contribute. And you know what? Like I said it earlier, like it's not about hard work. It's about out-sacrificing. Am I willing to be like, I'm going to meet so many less people because I'm not going to all these NFT conferences for three or four days at a time. And instead I'm just building, you know, my bank account, my business bank account. Is that worth it? Yeah. And I'll tell you one milestone and then I'll, I'll give it back. We have enough right now in the business and reserves that I know right now, right now, if lightning struck and all my clients are like, I'm out, that I would still be able to pay myself and my team for the next six months. And I would, and I guarantee I would be able to build it back up, but that's not going to happen. But I'm so proud of that because I want to take care of them because they're committed, dude, they're bought in. And it reminds me, and this is stuff people don't get, man. This is like that military stuff coming in, which is, dude, you just need to take care of your people. Like, if you take care of your people, they will run through brick walls for you. Like, people don't get that, man. And I'm just like, and I got to tell them that. I'm like, Gu- guys, no matter what, you are good. You are good. And if, if the shit hits the fan, we're going to rise up together. But, man, yeah, dude. like I said, you got me at a great time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got goosebumps on both arms. But you talked about, right? addition through subtraction, doing less better. You can only get to that point when you have failed so miserably and so hard and just Mm -hmm. scuffed up your Uh face because you've tried to take on too much. So where has your largest failure led to the success you see today?
1: I think, I mean, I have no choice, but to be honest, man, like when clients would leave in the beginning, there was a pattern I recognized. And unfortunately, you know, some of them were veterans, but they let us go because they adopted what we were providing them internally with interns or, you know, local help or whatever at a much cheaper rate, which is fine. And instead of being flattered, I was steaming hot. I mean, it was crushing. And one of them, I was supposed to be a partner, an actual partner in the company. Wow. And that got pulled out. So I, I ended those pretty abruptly, pretty unprofessionally. I mean, I didn't say anything crazy, but like my vibe was really like, dude, yeah. F you. And I just the other day, it was a Sunday, I voice message or I sent a video message to three of them. I was like, I'm in such a better place now. I was like, I just want to say, I apologize that things didn't work out. And uh, I wish you absolutely nothing but the best. I hope you're thriving. I hope you know I'm still a resource if you need some advice. I meant it, man. Like I'm, I'm I felt bad about it. So the biggest failure was, and this is going to be really big for everyone to know, that everyone is going to find a reason to leave you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like people will always find a way out, and you cannot do anything except be the absolute most unforgettable provider. Helpful, you know, coaching, whatever it is, like you just gotta be that dude or that girl and just freaking crush it no matter what you see coming, no matter what you anticipate they're gonna do, no matter what excuses they come up with. And you just need to be straight about it. And you know why? Because at some point, they're gonna look at you and they're gonna see what the heck you've done since, you know, that relationship or that business relationship has ended. And they're gonna be like, damn, now I'm at this place where it's funny you say conviction. Like I do have so much conviction, but I really ask myself when someone's not sure if they're going to work with us, I know what their alternatives are. And I I could tell them like, Tony, like I know the other roads you could go down, but I know I'm your best option for this, what you want to do. I know I'm your best option. I encourage you to look around if you want, but I already know, I know what we do. I know how we operate and I know you know, we're not going to hose you. I, I I literally try and coach them on that call so they could get a taste of it. But yeah, man, I mean, that's the biggest learning point that has allowed me to succeed because now I don't go in trying to get the sale. I go in and just be like, I know I can serve them if they're qualified clients. I know I could serve them. And if not, there's 7 billion freaking people on this planet, man. <laughs> yeah. Half of them are on <laughs>
0: social media. I can find more people. Yep. And like you said, you you approach it with such empathy and willingness to seek what the person is ultimately looking for, right? And as we kind of wrap up, though, I have one final question. Rich, how are you better today than yesterday?
1: (laughs) Uh, That whole entire thing I was telling you about NFTs for newbies, that was something I worked through today. And um, I'm better today than yesterday because I'm willing to, you know, really kind of entertain more addition through subtraction. So I think every day I, I feel like I'm the best version of myself because I read every day. I freaking hit some weights every day, you know, all these good things. Here, here's a here's real answer, man. I'm just not afraid of outcomes, you know, I I feel very in control of outcomes. I just really believe I could see what's going to happen. And anything that does not lend to that is very, very easily forgettable, man. Like there's just no time to dwell on it, right? It's just like, let's go. Like, okay, cool. Thank you. Cool. I don't need to be a dick about it. Like Tony, I really hope you get exactly who you're looking for. And then they're just like, okay, cool. Like, I guess he doesn't care. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know why? Because I got more people and I need to help. So that's why I'm better.
0: And we appreciate you helping us with this absolute masterclass today. Rich, you covered a lot. Where can people go to consistently connect with you?
1: I'm just going to say this. Uh, right now, your best option is to email me at rich at richcardonamedia.com. I will, I'm off social, but here's my commitment I made to myself. One post a month. And that one post is either gonna be on LinkedIn or it will be on LinkedIn and Instagram. And that post is gonna tell everyone, here's everything I gave up in the last 30 days and here's everything I gained. And I have the numbers already to back it up, dude. Like I'm about to hit what I made last year in about two weeks. And I'm just like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? So. Especially for veterans, I think it's really important to kind of notch some big successes and then come and be like, here's what you can do. Not here's what I did, but here's what you can do with this information. I am a very, very, very big fan of documenting the journey. And I did that for all the years up until just recently, but now I'm kind of at this place where I'm really trying to get to like next, next level. And for that, I just I just kind of want to stay quiet. So that's where you'll usually find me, but you'll see, look out for those posts about
0: once a month. Absolutely love it. Rich, thank you for your strategies, your methods, your ideas. And of course, thanks for having our six. Appreciate it, my man. Appreciate you. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant, because we love what we do here at the God's six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told Sixers.